everyone, and welcome to the Ad Skills Pro podcast. I'm your host, Kate Buck Jr., and uh, today we are talking with Jason Howe. Hey, Jason. Hi. Welcome to the show. You guys know that this is a podcast where we uh, talk with top media buyers about real-life ad campaigns, and of course, the best part is, is that at the end, we'll talk about how you can hire these pros at the end of the show. So today, Jason is here, and he's going to talk to us about how he has been killing it on Facebook and Instagram, and also I hear in the education space, like even with um, educational institutions like colleges and universities, that is something new. I have not interviewed anyone in that space yet on the podcast, so I'm curious. Um, I want to hear about the work that you're doing now, but first, I'd love it if you'd spend a little bit of time because I'm curious, um, like what got you into media buying? What were you doing before, you know, media buying and like that? Just tell me a little bit about your story and your background. Sure. So uh, my name is Jason and I was actually born into kind of like a lower middle income family. And I often say education really changed my life and defined my future. So I think at the age of 18, I was really lucky to land a full-ride scholarship for my undergraduate studies. So I'm based in Singapore, and in Singapore here, we have what we call a conscription army. So for when you're 18, um, you have to go to the army and serve for two years. And right out of army, I think towards the end of my army, I was actually involved in the tech startup scene. So back then, you know all the things about lean startup principles and all the Silicon Valley big companies that were coming out. Like Facebook at the time was just a tiny company, but um, at a point I was really involved with startups. I was building my own so-called tech product, trying to be cool, just like everyone else. I created mock-ups. I started going to conferences and talking to people. And that was when I realized that I didn't really have a passion for like technical or tech products, but I had a passion for trying to sell my ideas. So I came across an article written by Tim Ferriss. I think it's called Nine Steps to Hacking Credentials in Any Field. And I basically went through all nine steps. And the first step was something like picking a niche. I basically chose social media marketing. Um, it was really broad, but at the time to me, it felt really specific. I thought social media marketing was just this tiny little thing that I could learn in six months. And I was so wrong. The, the second step, I guess, was reading more about the topic. And I thought was blogging about it, write about it. And eventually, um, I was really writing about things that were technical. I was writing about things that people were not writing online because I, I'm pretty much like a math nerd. I was really attracted to numbers and I started writing about the performance side of social media marketing. And at that time, um, all of these platforms like Twitter, Facebook, they were really nascent and only Facebook had any sort of metrics uh, or proper metrics that they were actually publishing. So I started writing about Facebook. So after about six months of just consistently writing, I think I wrote like a hundred blog posts in about a year. I think about after six months, I was actually hit up by a company called Agora Pulse, which is a social media management tools company that I absolutely adore and admire. And basically the rest is history because I got started writing and people started approaching me, asking me if I can manage their Facebook ads. So that's how I, went down from social media marketing into Facebook ads and that's how I started media buying. So it sounds like from a very early age, like a very early age, like when you were still doing the, your required military service, that this was something that you were reading about and you were very passionate about like learning about. So right away when you came out, you were involved in the 
scene, um, which is really cool. So you got to, you've gotten to see things really evolve. Um, I too, this is about my 11th year online. I remember being on Twitter, like before Oprah <laughs> and, um, uh, you're right there, you know, um, metrics and, and, and even any kind of tracking or besides follower numbers, you know, we were all doing that very manually. And uh, I'm also familiar with um, Agora Pulse. I'm on the organic side of social media most of the time and community management. So, yeah, so it's nice to hear somebody speaking my language, but I love that you are really drawn to the number side of it because a lot of times on my side, right, when and not media buying type folks, but on the other side, on social media, we're all very, we're people, people, I'm a people person, right? And so we're into the engagement and the conversation and the num those soft metrics on the front end, like how many people are following me? Are people consuming my content? Are they replying? Are they retweeting me? Um, but at the end of the day, those metrics need to lead to something a little bit deeper. And thankfully over time, all these platforms have evolved, right? And, yes. and, and this is much easier to do than some of the guessing that we were doing back in the day about how growth on social media was actually impacting the bottom line in, in a business. Exactly. And, and just a few couple of months ago, I was actually sharing this with the SQs community as well. So one of our clients has a LFAR feature that Facebook is launching where we are able to also track the revenue generated from each organic post that is being published on their Facebook page. And we're able to see within a 28-day period after posting a particular piece of content, who interacted with the content and actually eventually, you know, became a customer. So I think it's all coming one full circle. That's so awesome. So uh, tell me, at what point, like, did you really start getting super invested? It sounds like you were working on Facebook ads. Now, obviously, you probably work on the Instagram platform as well because yeah. you can do both from the same place. Um, uh, tell me about when did you come across, you know, ad skills or the ad skills community or how has that being a part of that helped? Be, because you know, you've been around since since the very beginning of all these platforms or especially even the ad platforms, you know, yeah. those things have been evolving over time. So how has ad skills helped you uh, grow and evolve what you're already kind of testing and learning on your own? Yeah, so I think from early on, I've already heard of Justin Brooke, who is basically the uh, the founder of AdSkills, and he was always a very guru-like figure to me. And being someone who is extremely skeptical, I usually try to stay away from gurus as much as possible. So um, I'm embarrassed to say that I only joined AdSkills a little over a year ago. Um, I basically started following Justin a little bit more, and I, I really found what he wrote to make a lot of sense. Um, especially in a sea of, you know, self-declared gurus. Um, I, think, I think the biggest part of ad skills for me is, is the community because you're really surrounded by people with a diverse media buying background. So we're talking about people with experience with Facebook and Instagram, with search, with Google Display, with YouTube, with native networks, with affiliate networks. And not only that, imagine all these different networks and people specializing in different industry verticals. So not only you have the media and channel coverage, you also have the vertical coverage. And that's what I really found to be the most valuable to me because every time I have a question, I know that I will be able to ask someone in the group and I'll be able to get some sort of help no matter what kind of questions I had. So I think the instant access to these knowledgeable people really helped us, um, such as, for example, when we had to launch our first Google ad campaigns a couple of, I mean, just a, over a year ago because our clients started asking us to take over all the paid media from other agencies as well. So I think you know no matter what problem you face in media buying, you have a team of people behind your back.
That's really awesome. Yeah, um, I hear you on the being wary of of the guru space because we know that you work in the education space, or we've mentioned that already. And I'd really love to hear about some of the campaigns that you're running and the ones that you've had the chance to like. It, I'm going to say this. Uh, I know that like the education space, especially around marketing education anyway, some universities and stuff have been the last to adopt uh, our, uh, our, adopt to our industries, uh, even in terms of uh, delivering that type of education in their institution, but at the same time actually using it. So I bet you've seen some horrific case studies of uh, some, 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 how to do this absolutely wrong, and you've been able to help turn some of those things around. So I'd like to hear about these bragworthy, some of the campaigns that you've been running that have been really awesome, and how you've been able to kind of turn things around for some of these clients that you work with. Yeah, so it's, it's really funny you say that because it's, it's really kind of true because I guess the whole education industry is really lagging in a sense. But I would say just as a general commentary before I go into some of my case studies that all of the universities today, in fact, pretty much have a social media person in place and it plays a lot of emphasis on community alumni and existing student engagement. A lot of branding on the use of social media. So if you look at the social media pages and all that, they invest a lot into it. Um, they invest in the video equipment and all that kind of stuff so they can take photos, videos. They do a lot of uh, campaigns or, or basically stuff to engage and brand the institution in somewhere where uh, students will love to study in. So I think uh, on the organic side of things, I think they're pretty advanced, but I would say on a paid side of things, maybe not so much. But increasingly, we're seeing universities starting to take some of these roles in-house and hiring people to do them full-time so that they don't only manage the Facebook ad campaigns, but they also manage Google and all the other platforms as well. So uh, for ourselves, we actually work with universities and colleges, K to 12 schools and other fringe education services. So we also work with college consulting companies, for example. So one of our biggest case studies was recently, we started working with a college consulting company based in the Bay Area in Vermont. Um, about, I think it's about around September. And it's basically specialized in helping parents get their kids into top colleges. So we're talking about Harvard, Stanford, Yale, Columbia, the UC schools and things like that. So what we did was we drove traffic to a webinar and we had about six times return on ad spend on the front end alone in the first month. And we are on track for 10 times on the front end in the second month. So I say, um, on track because it takes them about four weeks to close the students after they book a call. So that's why there's a lag time and currently we're just rounding up the numbers for the second month, even though we are pretty much ending our third month of you know, management. Um, so what the clients do is they basically charge a couple of thousand dollars a year, depending on how long the kids stay with them. Um, the kids typically stay with them for about three to five years in preparation for college. Uh, so that's why we're able to see that on the back end, the return on ad spend is probably around between 25 to 30 times on average. So I think at the end of the day, what we learned is all successful campaigns really come down to just three things an irresistible offer, a converting funnel, and high quality traffic. So for ourselves, uh, we, are, we are a media buyer. We learned media buying first, so we know how to drive high quality traffic, but we then realized that a lot of companies and a lot of these education clients, they don't know what a proper marketing and sales funnel look like. So, and they don't know how to package their programs so they can develop an irresistible offer. So increasingly, you know, we, we were trying to work with these companies and started going into helping them build these funnels and creating these offers and, and really repositioning some of the programs for them. 
And so I, uh, the one that you were just telling me about that you just started with a couple of months ago, um, um, what, what were they doing before? Um, were they were doing the webinar, but they just weren't seeing the return from it? Or were they, how were they marketing themselves before you were doing this webinar funnel with them? Yeah, so for, for this particular client, you didn't really have a before and after, but I'll share an example later on briefly to, to show the before and after. But for this particular case, okay. a college consulting company had a proven and working seminar. And for the longest time, for the last 10 years, in fact, they were working with an email marketing company um, based locally in, in the Bay Area, and they had contacts of these different schools where they would have a partnership, and it would help these companies send emails directly to the parents. So they had an extremely targeted list they could actually buy and, and sell to. But they wanted to scale, and that company didn't have partnerships in a lot of different cities and in other, other states as well. So when they came to us and say that, you know, they have been trying to do Facebook ads for the longest time. They, they know everything about selling, but they don't know how to do media buying. And that's the best mm -hmm. kind of clients we want to work with because we know that if we can get them leads, they can close them. So for yeah. this particular client that came to us, they, they tried actually tried some spending about $5,000 on ads and they didn't get a return from it. So when we came in, we took over, we created landing pages for them. We then they bought the media for them on Facebook and we saw people coming in, signing up for one hour long webinars at like $3 each in a very competitive space. So we, we thought that, wow, this has really got a lot of potential because the offer was great, the funnel converted. And basically, I think the media was pretty much, I think a lot easier compared to some of the other clients we had to work with. So if I can backtrack, just to give you another example yeah. here, just to show you, I great. guess, the before and after. Yeah. yeah. So, so this was for a private college. And I guess I will share this example to highlight the importance of the converting funnel and, and irresistible offers. So, uh, for a particular client, they were getting leads for a school at about $90 on their own. And before that, they were working with some big name agencies. They actually brought in some, they were paying them big money, you know, the usual the usual agencies that existed even before Facebook. So they were PPC companies and all that stuff. And they were getting leads at like up to $300 each. So they were like, they were, they were really taken aback. They couldn't afford the kind of fees and they just basically, you know, decided to work with us. Um, and so when we found, found them and we started working together within a month uh, of us just recreating their ads, and repositioning their program and recreating the landing pages, we generated leads at 70% cheaper prices. So our leads came in at about $30 to $40 each. Um, and it was a lot cheaper than what they had when they tried to do it on their own and when they tried to do it with an, you know, another big agency. So we eventually jam-packed the pipeline, but we found out that the student enrollment process was still rather slow. So based on our experience with them, we found out that the typical enrollment cycle for them was about three to nine months. Um, then we worked with the client, but we also dug out a couple of other issues. We realized that, uh, for example, the salespeople were taking their time to call the leads. They were faking the applications just to meet the KPIs, you know, and, and things like that. So they were really calling leads uh, a week or a month later, or they tried to contact them once or twice and give up. And then they come back to us and complain that, the lead quality was low. So we started educating the client and working with them. And our client who was basically the managing director of the college. He personally caught some of the leads and he realized that he was, he was actually able to close those leads on the phone. 
And he did that right in front of his sales team. And that was when everyone just had jaw drop and they just couldn't make any other excuses. So since then, we started ironing out, you know, ironing out some of these um, issues. We fixed the lead contactability rate and we managed have, you know, to see through and overcome this issue here. So I think a lot of our work, even though we are technically a media buyer, we ended up being sales founder consulting because once we resolved those issues, we started seeing the enrollments coming through on the back end and this really ended up creating a long-term and, and, you know, trust and relationship with our client so much so that we are working, you know, for a couple of years right now. Yeah. It's so interesting that you mentioned, I was just asking um, somebody else that I interviewed on the series about how, when you optimize that front end and you have these high quality leads coming through, are you working with the business or how is that impacting the business? They often have to make a lot of changes um, internally to their processes and then how they, um, how they process those leads or do they hire, need to hire more salespeople or retrain their salespeople to now accommodate, accommodate these new, this new lead flow, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because I think like, if I can just give you an example, a lot of the salespeople in the past, they work with these organizations that rely on inbound inquiries. So what happens is that these people come through word of mouth, search traffic, and they have already done their research even before coming to the school. So I liken all these salespeople in the past to no more than just customer service officers. They were simply mm. facilitating the conversation. They were providing them with, con with information and they expected Facebook leads to be the same. So they had no experience working with people. They were a lot earlier in the enrollment journey. So they needed to be trained or the system needs, needs to be, or needed to be, to be tweaked. So in this particular private college, what the client did was he hired a telemarketer whose full-time job was simply to contact these people and then transfer those calls to the salespeople. Hmm. So that kind of solved one of those issues as well. Just because of the volume that we were driving, they needed someone dedicated to reach out to these leads because the salespeople saw 100 leads and they were like, I'm, I'm, I have so much work to do. I don't feel like calling anyone. So they ended up mm -hmm. feeling overwhelmed and procrastinating. Whereas uh, I guess having a telemarketer would really help to you know, solve their issues. Mm -hmm. I have a client right now we're having to throttle the campaign so they can handle <laughs> uh, the leads and they're not sitting there for a while. So I totally understand. So it's really great that to me I hear is a value add of people who would be interested in working with you is that not only can you help them optimize the processes on the front end, but if they're struggling with how to process those leads that you're delivering to them, then you've got the ability to do that as well. That's definitely a value add for someone who's looking to get the phone to ring or get those leads coming in via online forms or, you know, online intake from a webinar, um, whatever the, whatever processes that you're using to grab those leads. That's really awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, listen, this has been really awesome and very educational. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, I really am glad we got to spend this time together and I am certain that there are people listening that would love to reach out, connect with you, uh, chat with you, uh, be a lead of yours. And so what is the best way for someone to get in touch with you and have a conversation about how you can um, help them increase the, the lead flow into their business? Yeah, I guess the easiest way to reach out to me is to send me an email. So my email is jason at agencyj.co. So if somehow you're not ready and you want to find out more about us, you can go to a website, which is agencyj.co. So it's without the M at the back, it's not .com. Uh, or you can look me up on LinkedIn. You can search for Jason Howe and my profile should pop up, you know, the first one. 
Awesome. And if you're watching this on YouTube, there's probably a link in the description below. And if you're listening to us on iTunes or on a, one of the podcast networks, uh, we'll have the show notes on the Ad Skills website. So check us out there. Jason, thank you so much for being here. And everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning in. We will see you on the next episode. 